Welcome back to Unemployed. It's the podcast for the unemployed or the employed. I don't know. You know, it's for everyone. We welcome all people of all, you know, uh, salaries here. No salaries. I'm Anna Roisman and I'm thrilled to be back on. It's been a minute. Ellen, Ellen's here with me. What's up? What's up? It's a new year. Uh, I just went on a jog, so I'm a little bit sweaty, but I'm ready to talk about jobs. I'm sweaty, too. I thought you were going to say I literally just went on a job when you <laughs> you like my brain is in this mode. So I was like, job, where it's similar words. Yes. This is close. our first uh, recording of the new year, though, which it feels good. I, I yeah. missed it. I mean, so far so good, right? Great start to the year. So yeah, nothing crazy's happened. Nah. It's been just like a peaceful, easy 2021. You know, uh, I've been living under a rock. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, nothing, nothing <sighs> special's happened so far. So, so yeah, I'm chilling. Sometimes I'm more entertaining when I'm very unprepared. And I just said five seconds before we went on this episode, I was like, Ellen, we got to wing it. I didn't focus on shit this week. And I imagine most people feel that way. I feel the same. I was kind of just glued to my phone, scrolling, yeah. trying yeah. to figure out what was going on, <laughs> not paying attention to much else. So, yeah. I know. I'm sweaty, too. I just did a workout. I just did a little Peloton ride. How was that? It was okay. You know, can I be honest? I have learned something very uh, intuitive about myself. I am too trained as a cult member of the SoulCycle community, I think, to appreciate any other kind of spin program. Yeah. Well, what's the big difference between the two? (laughs) Oh, huge difference, Ellen. And, you know, I didn't think it. Jared's never going to listen to this episode because if he hears me talk about this one more time this week, like. (laughs) He's going to leave. Which might be nice to have my own one bedroom apartment. Oh my god, really nice, right? Six hundred squeak never felt so good. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, here's the difference. Soul Cycle is for people who just want to fucking rock out, ride to the beat of the music, dance, do choreography, do push ups, do crunches. Like you're flying on the bike. You're like a magical angel who like also has amazing timing, like on a bike. Okay. Okay. So. That is Soul Cycle, and they light a candle, and it's like you're in the dark room, and it's like a hippie, you know, moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Peloton is very similar to Flywheel, which I believe they sued or bought or something. And uh, oh, by yeah. the way, if either of them though wants to sponsor us, I will delete this entire uh, podcast. So <laughs> Peloton is all about the metrics. It's a metric system. It's the numbers. They're telling you you got to go forty-five to fifty-five, and your cadence should be sixty-one RPMs. And it's a lot of numbers. And they have like leaderboards, and you can compete against strangers. And there's a whole community. And I guess that is nice for a lot of people. I don't shit on it. It's a great program if that's for you. Yeah. It it's still a good exercise. You will sweat. Absolutely. It's still, you know, spinning on a bike. However, it's just fucking riding on a straight road, up or down, up or down. Maybe you have a hill. It's not like the choreography and the like move and the groove of Soul Cycle that I yeah. love. And I didn't realize the soul it. that Soul Cycle. Correct. Has. Doesn't have the soul. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I got it. So I'm trying. This is a 30 day trial that you have with this new bike. After 30 days, you stuck. But uh, I'm trying it out. Turn the entire bike before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I have 30 days. 30 day trial. This is why we got it. 
the SoulCycle bike, you can do a 30-day trial, but you have to pay for the return. It's like $250. I don't have that kind of money. Are they similar priced? This is all yeah. so boring. But. They're similar priced. No, it's not boring. I think it's totally... Uh, <laughs> people want to know. The people want to know. Also, we will. We haven't paid a single dime for it yet because we financed it. Uh, you're t- mm. This is the unemployed podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. for you guys. You can pay. I, if you have $2,500, although we got the cheaper bike, so it's $1,800. If you have that kind of money, great. Throw it down. Get your bike. If you don't, you can pay per month and I guess we'll pay it off by 2027 and <laughs> hopefully my ass will be in shape by then. Your ass is going to look amazing <laughs> then. Oh my god. I'm, um, yeah, I'm kind of tempted to get one but I have, I have no space. There's nowhere oh, to put in my tiny apartment. I will apartment. show you right after this. Tiny apartment. I had to lose a night table for this shit. We had to move a cabinet into the bedroom and I was like, well, I guess we'll get rid of my night table, my nightstand and the cabinet, there's a top of it. Uh, that'll just act as my new nightstand. I actually don't mind the move and it's fine. We got rid of the nightstand, you know, a piece of shit from Ikea I got 10 years ago. She has a new life now. I left it in the hallway and she's gone. So... <laughs> So, so happy for her. <laughs> yeah. But I know this is a luxury. I just want to say that. Like, having any kind of, like, at-home gym workout experience is such a luxury. So I do feel very privileged, even though we haven't paid a single cent for it yet. I do feel privileged to have it. So I feel stupid complaining about it. But I think I'm so particular because I'm like, this better be the best fucking thing I ever got. It's so expensive. Like, it's more expensive than any. You know what I mean? Knowing we will eventually pay it off. But yeah. So I hold it to a high standard. You know, it's just like, when will I be comfortable going back to a gym? I know. It could be a long time. Right? We used to sit, what, two two inches from someone in a yoga class. They're like, are you guys touching butts yet? Great. (laughs) Let's add in another person. Like, remember? Remember hot yoga? Yes. (laughs) All the molecules that were floating around us. (laughs) Hot tip for hot yoga. I turn my heater on and I light a candle and we turn the lights out and boom, your apartment becomes hot yoga. Boom. You got to air it out after, you know, you're a little sweaty. If you live in an old apartment where you have no control over the heat it's like hot yoga instantly because those radiators are just going there you go there you go you know we find silver lining of a being stuck in your apartment for so long (laughs) um oh my god i'm so excited for our guest today she is a very funny comedian here in new york she's a friend of mine she's killing it right now on social media so if you don't follow her on tiktok yet i don't know what you're i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) wow that was a dad joke Guys, my friend Sarah Hartsorn is here. Hi. Hello. How are you? That was a great dad joke talking oh, about. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, it came out and I was like, Anna, shut the fuck up. Like that was <laughs> that was that was me. That was my reaction to it. Yeah, I, I love a good dad joke. Uh <laughs> Also, yeah, I love uh, I love TikTok and I'm too old for it. So I feel like dad jokes and TikTok, that's very much where I live. Like, that's my jam. You're doing um, great on it. Thank I love you. your costumes and your outfits thank and your you. your impression. Like, everything is, it's so fun. You're like my friend who I, like, look up to on TikTok. I'm like, oh, I want to be so like much. Sarah on that app. You oh, know? my God. Thank you so much. You're um, welcome. You're I welcome. Am, I am, like mortified by how much time I spend thinking about that app because I also do it for uh, work like I make TikToks for abortion AF abortion access front um, and and then also like 
get all of my recipes from there. So just like on a given day, I will like make TikToks for work, <laughs> maybe make one for myself and then like cook a recipe that I learned off of TikTok. And right. I'm like, and that's... then make chocolate cake in a, in a mug made out of Oreos and water. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, Sarah, like you need to, I don't know, take a walk, like go in the world, you know? Um, I'm not going to lie. They have that thing trending right now. It's like the tortilla that you put like everything in each corner. And I'm like very tempted to do one. Oh, I'm going to do one. Like, yeah. I, like every time I see something, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do that. You know, yep. probably. Ellen, have you seen yeah. this? No. Can they, you like, describe it? It's like a f- big tortilla, right? And they like you slice a little part of it and then you fill like each- half. Yeah. You slice like from the center halfway <laughs> down and then it, like in one so it becomes like four quarters. Yeah. Okay. And then in each quarter, you add in like your cheese and your meat or your veggies or whatever. I don't know. I saw someone do it with a burger the other day. And Delicious. then you like, you like fold it around the okay. like clockwise. So you so make like a, a thick wedge. Okay. And then you treat that like a panini and you like squish a it. Like sandwich panini type Yeah. Thing. Everyone needs yes. to watch this video on Patreon because we're really describing it with our hands very well right it's now. It's like very you urgent. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to explain both geometry and a recipe on audio, so you really have to. But it it looks delicious, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Like, yeah, I, I could get into that. Yeah. yeah, it's like the new quesadilla. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to do it with like buffalo chicken and Ooh. cheddar. Yeah. Um, mm. So tell me, Sarah, how has your quarantine been? You were my last live friend I think I saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same. You as uh, you for me as well. Um, Anna was the last person I saw. And and you gave me the this um, pineapple-shaped cat bed or dog bed, uh, yeah. which Bobby Flay had rejected. And my cats <gasps> love. Like, it has been a huge source of entertainment in quarantine is watching my cats fight over it. Like, one will be in it one day and then the other we'll be in it the other like they've switched I love it so much because I loved the pineapple so much I was so excited when I ordered it's like a big foam pineapple that I ordered online and then I I was like I would force my dog in it and he would (laughs) run out (laughs) I was like like, could you uh, the photos I could have gotten I mean why else do I have a dog it's for Uh, exactly yeah it's I will say it is hard to photograph I've spent again a lot of time in quarantine like trying because it's so big and my cats Mm. are you know cat sized um Mm -hmm. And so when they're in there, it's kind of dark and it's like hard to see. Um, but mm-hmm. I have spent a lot of time trying to take pictures of my cats in the pineapple. Um, I used it once for an audition for a, a thing about SpongeBob. <laughs> and I pulled it up and I was like, you ain't the only one who lives in a pineapple under the sea. So does Bobby Flay. <laughs> Sometimes. And, and I booked that job. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, that pineapple, man, that's the reason I got that gig. Yeah, okay, so it pay, paid for itself. And it that's like amazing. A, I know it really did. And now it's in the hands of you. But that was such a weird day. Do you remember that day? We were like, we had talked about like meeting up for coffee. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And then and then we did your open mic. Oh, my God. That's right. I'm sorry. This is all coming back to me right now. But why this was, was literally like the first week in March or second yeah. week, in, right before we were all quarantined. I mean, you and I, I mean, days, like maybe it was Thursday, I think, and everything shut down that Monday. 
Yeah, it was that close. I just remember we had texted and we were like, let's meet up for coffee. We met up for, you were like, I actually have, I run a mic at New York Comedy Club. New York Comedy Club, which I had legit forgotten about until this moment. Um, Wow. (laughs) On the east side. And I was like, perfect. I'll meet you somewhere. So we got coffee like Mm -hmm. 22nd Street, like a little coffee shop right near there. And then we went to your mic and you were like, I remember you were like, I have tons of hand sanitizer because I heard we have to keep like washing our hands. And I also had mono. Oh my God, this is all flooding back. That's right. I had mono still, um, <gasps> which was hilarious. A great way to start a virus. Uh, oh my god! Pandemic oh my god! With mono. my mom, my mom calls it the ki- who are you kissing? The kissing <laughs> disease. The kissing disease. Um, <laughs> which I even am pretty sure I know where I got it. I got it from sharing a drink with John Fugelsang. Um, and like, so when I would be like, "Yeah, I think I got it from John Fugelsang," forgetting that it's the kissing disease, and everyone would be like, "Ooh!" And I was like, sharing You're a like, drink. I'm married. I'm married. <laughs> He's married. Like, uh, like doing his radio show. Like it was not, um, not exciting. And yeah, that's right. So I, yeah, hand sanitizing everything. Like wipe. I had been wiping down the mic for months because you know I didn't want anyone to freaking get mono. Um, to the point where all my friends were like, stop telling everyone, like, stop just telling people you're going to freak them out. And I was Every like, Every set she did, she's like, it's me. I have mono. It's me. I have mono. If you get it, it is 100% my fault. Please blame me. Um, I've got seven minutes to go on mono right now. Yeah. Seven minutes of the set on mono. No, but uh, I remember like you were, so you were hosting and you kept spraying the mic in between everybody. And I was like, wow, this is like how comedy is going to be now. Oh, little, God. little did I know there wouldn't be yeah, shows yeah. anymore. <laughs> yup. Um, man, that's right. And then, yeah, and then we got coffee and the mic was like. <sighs> and then I, you came to my apartment and I mm-hmm. said, and you loved the pineapple. And I was like, oh my God, I wish my dog would go in it. I like bought it and he never touches it. Yeah. And you're like, my cats might like it. I was oh, like, take man. it. And it was one of those things where like I had a couple hours to kill like between my mic and a show. And I yes. always, and so it was like perfect that I got to go hang out with you. And like, I remember. I remember always hating that when I didn't have somewhere to go. You know, when yeah. you had like a couple hours to kill in the city and it's like, you can't go home, but. Right. Because if I go home, I'm not leaving again. And exactly. Yeah. And I would so kill for that now. Like I would kill to have just like, oh, a couple hours in between things that I'm doing outside of my apartment. Like Even doing like a mic and a show. I'm like, damn, we used to do so much. How did we do that? Every day? day? Like. You do it one day? Burrows? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I used to, I remember there were days where I would go to Brooklyn for work, come back to me. I would go to Brooklyn twice in a day. You know, I would like go to Brooklyn for work, go to Manhattan for a show, and then go back to Brooklyn for another show. Like, what? Mm hmm. That's insane. That seems like it would take me like a week to to handle at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) One day. Oh, my God. It'll. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, so quarantine's been good. Just a lot of TikTok, you know, and and Instagram and stuff. Um, But you've been employed this whole time, right? You've been working. Yes. Super lucky. Yeah. Um, (sighs) How did that work from like transit? Because you don't go into an office, I assume. Right. I know. Yeah. And I used to. So I'm a writer for Abortion Access Front. And um, if you uh, if you don't know, uh, Abortion Access Front is a nonprofit and we used to provide on the ground support to independent abortion clinics and make content about reproductive rights. And now we make content about reproductive rights. Because I was going to say you were always like touring and like just like your your photos and like where you were. I was like, it's very cool what you were doing. Yeah, it was really fun. And we do still um, like try to provide support to abortion clinics how we can. Like we've sent 
you know, um, masks for escorts. And mm -hmm. we've, uh, we have an adopt a clinic program where people can like buy what clinics need because um, a lot of clinics are suffering right now because a at first it was a shortage on PPE. And they are health clinics, right? Like, yeah, we say abortion clinics, but they're really like, you know, reproductive health clinics, right? They do. Sure, yeah. yeah, they do trans health care. They do, um, you know, cervical cancer screenings, they do all kinds of stuff. So um, so it was very hard for them because, A, there was a shortage on PPE. And also, if you do abortions, you can't get government funding. And so, you know, there were all these places that were getting help from the government and abortion clinics were disqualified because they did abortions. And so, <sighs> so frustrating. Um, <laughs> That's my reaction. <laughs> yeah, same. And so, yeah, we were trying to, like, you know, provide support however we can. But it is very different now. Yeah, because we're not going to clinics and we're not doing shows. And so, yeah, we're just making making content about it and trying well, to do stuff. It's good you got good at TikTok, you know. Cause. Well, yeah, and that's I, that's where I we started doing it was through work. And actually, Chanel Ali is one of the other writers, and she was like, "Can I just like start a TikTok for us?" And we were like, and our boss was like, "Yes, of course, yeah, just do it." And so we just did it, and it's been really fun. Um, and we've had a couple, you know, blow up. It's such a mysterious <laughs> app, like the algorithm is. is so weird. But yeah, we've had a bunch do well. And so that's how I like, yeah, got into it. And I was like, all right, I'll just do it for me. Mm -hmm. um, and now you're double duty TikToking all day long. Double duty TikToking all day long. Yeah. And uh, yeah, doing the creator fund, which is very confusing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, but I, I do that. And then I also, um, I write like radio ads and, and um, ad copy and stuff. And then also sometimes edit resumes for people. Wow. Yeah, which is something you I edit used to- edit resumes. I do, which is very funny because I've never used a resume to get a job. What? <laughs> Who the fuck trusts you then? I know. No, wait, that's not true. In college, I did. I did. And then uh, I actually, that's, I used to edit resumes. I used to edit resumes and do uh, bibliographies for people in college. So it feels very much like a time warp there. I love that. You were the bibliography girl. I could have mm -hmm. used you. I was yeah. like, oh, I'll just like list everything. They're like, it's not in the right uh, format. And I'm like, I cited it. What I else said, do you, you want said, yeah. for me? <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, no, I did that. I like twenty bucks, and I would just write your bibliography for for you. You could even like send me pictures of the books, and I would um, do it. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Uh, it was really Wait, fun. I'm obsessed with resume writing because we talk a lot about resumes on this podcast oh, because, yeah. you know, people who come on have either been unemployed or, you know, have mm -hmm. experience uh, with resumes. Yeah. Do you agree lying is the best thing to do on a resume? I agree that lying is a good thing to do on a resume, but you just have to make sure it's not something that's going to come up in conversation regularly. Like, don't say that you can speak a language that you can't because mm. your boss might be like, hey, this person speaks Spanish or whatever language it is. And also, like, my thing is that anything can be fluffed so much. Like, I can fluff working at a Dairy Queen, um, like beyond like so it looks really impressive like your um, interpersonal skills and like attention to detail and yeah like, exactly did something weird happen once that's one of your skills you know what i mean like first yes. aid that's a you know like whatever um like <laughs> i worked choke on, on a blizzard <gasps> you're a doctor <laughs> you're basically a doctor now um <laughs> like i worked on a blueberry farm and i was the only one with arms long enough to reach into the sorting machine to fix it and so i was like i'm basically a mechanic um and <laughs> basically an engineer actually hold on uh, go back go back to that <laughs> you, you worked on a blueberry farm yeah for nine years 
shut up. I just picture you and like five other people and you all hold your arms out and you're like, yep, Sarah's got the longest arms. Go yeah. for it. I mean, it was, it, we did not even have to do that. It was quite clear. I, w- I mean, I've been 5'11 since I was 11, which is when I started working on the farm. So I've been ahead, like, I've been ahead and shoulders taller than everyone for a long time. And the farmer himself was quite short. So oh they were like, God. get in there, Hartzorn, get your arm up. Okay, I want to yeah. hear about this. Wait, where did you grow up? And I grew up in Massachusetts, uh, Western, like okay. right before the Berkshires. So mm-hmm. like that part that's very pretty, but not touristy, which is nice. Um mm-hmm. Because it has, yeah, same mountains, but just less money <laughs> um, for the, you know, for the town. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, and how did you get into this blueberry biz? I was 11 and I needed a job, uh, I ne- you know, because I hated camp um, and I wanted money. You wanted uh, to work. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm from the country. That's farms. So, um, yeah, I, I worked on a blueberry farm. I actually, I guess that summer I worked on a couple. I've worked on a, <laughs> worked on a bunch of farms. Because uh, once you start, you know, it's, you, you don't want to stop. You want to stop a lot, but you also want money. Um, <laughs> it's like so, restaurants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to get the fuck out, but if you know how to make the money. You, what are you going to do? Why not? Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I worked on the blueberry farm that was in my town because it was like close enough that either my parents could drop me off on their way to work or I could bike there. Okay. Um, which was terrible because it was all dirt roads. Uh, and I'm not a, like, I'm not a mountain biker. I'm not built for that. I don't like it. Uh, so I hated it. But um, so, yeah, I could bike to work. And then eventually when I got older and stuff, I would work on other farms that I could drive to, um, like strawberry. What, did you, what is it? Yeah. What does this mean? Like, I've been to a blueberry farm before, but, you know, they hand you a basket and tell you to pick up blueberries, and then that's about it. Yeah, we did have, like, pick-your-owners that would come occasionally, but, so this town was quite remote. It's, I grew up in, it's 700 people, Um, there's one stoplight, and it's temporary, and it's been there for 10 (laughs) years. Um, Like, it's the temporary stoplight. Do you tell people that when you're giving directions? Like, and yes. then you'll see you the temporary g- stoplight. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and the reason that the temporary stoplight is there is because the, the one main paved road in the town, like, collapsed in a part and has a huge bump. And oh, so God. they have, like, people would, like, wreck their cars going over it. So they put a temporary stoplight until they fix the road, which they, uh, everyone knew they were never going to do. So <laughs> um, there's no stores. Like, there's still not. Uh, wireless internet there like um wow oh no i'm sorry they just got wi-fi that's not true they just got wi-fi um no starbucks no uh no fail i'd fail i'd I'd no no coffee shop no shop there's one shop uh and it's open till 6 p.m so uh and they sell gas so this is why you're such a good cook because you probably like learned to to. cook when you were younger yeah Yeah. well and i cooked for people on the farm um Eventually, yeah. Uh, Your quarantine meals have been beautiful thank and delightful. You. Yeah. yeah, that's been fun. It's it's a lot easier <laughs> to be fancy when you're not like yeah in a farm kitchen, um, <laughs> cooking for you know. It was so weird though because like yeah, I worked on this blueberry farm and so we had the pick your own field, but it was very remote, so we didn't get a lot of pick your owners. We mostly like would ship to like um, grocery stores and um, and also uh, there were a couple breweries that made blueberry beer that we would ship to ah cool yeah so if you've ever had a blueberry beer there's like a 30 percent chance that that came from a farm that i worked on uh oh my God. like 10 percent chance now probably uh at the time there was not a lot of blueberry beer yeah um 
But what was yeah. like your average day there? Like what did um, I'm curious what you did. Yeah, I'm you, picturing you like Lucille Ball like stomping on grapes. Like I literally don't know what it means to work on a yeah. Uh well it depends. It would depend because so I worked there from the time I was eleven until I was uh twenty. Uh, the summer I turned twenty. So yeah, nine years. Um so I did a lot of jobs, but like the basic job is you get there at seven. Um, and you, you know, would open up the, the like farm room, like the indoor room where like the blueberries get sorted and boxed and packaged and sold and stuff. So you'd open up that room. Everyone would load up on the truck that was going to go pick. Um, and we'd all go pick and you bring crates, like 20 pound crates, um, or Mm -hmm. crates that would eventually hold 20 pounds of blueberries and your, uh, your rakes, you have these little rakes, um, cause this was a low bush blueberry um i have a lot of opinions on low bush versus high bush which is not important now um the big ones that you get in the grocery store are usually high bush the little ones that you have in pies are low bushes basically. i'm learning so much this is so i love blueberries I okay. lo- this is great I-, I now can eat them again <laughs> <laughs> like like what 10 to 11 years i'm like okay now i can kind of eat them again um yeah uh and so, yeah, then you go and you pick, you fill up crates. Um, and when you get a truck full, then you go back. Um, the sorters usually get there. Either sorters get there a little later or there are people who go pick in the morning and then sort in the afternoon. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, you go back. Some pickers stay out and keep picking, um, which is why I always say, you know, wash all of your produce really well because um, I've worked on a lot of farms. And, uh, you know, girls can't pee in the fields, but uh, if you have a penis, you're peeing in the field. Um, oh my god and some guys would turn around or walk to the (gasps) woods and some guys just didn't so like you know wash your produce yeah yeah also i never did this i never did this some people poop in the compost (gasps) (laughs) they poop in the compost because it's already shit and they think well it's already cow shit like yeah yeah, so my human shit yeah we got shipments from dairy farms like fertilizer is cow shit you're oh like wash God. your vegetables and fruits really well and like wow. I even remember, outside like, of a pandemic you <laughs> just wash that yeah and the thing like i remember i worked on a, a stone fruit farm which is like you know um like plums peaches and um mm-hmm. like those are up in trees so it was a little bit safer so i didn't get peed on so much but the insect activity on fruits is is so much grosser than i thought like like, like, I don't know. It's just very blow gross. Off a thousand ants and like put it in the box. Like, it's like a thousand ants or it's just like, I don't know. The insects are sticky and gross. Like they would have sex on the fruit. You know, you would just like pick like, like, <laughs> like butterflies or whatever. And also like butterflies leave these sticky little trails, like, or there would be like moths, you know, like excretions, like bugs are grosser than I ever thought. That was, wow. that was the biggest thing. I also did not last on the, on, or like on the apple farm or the, um, the peach farm because everything's so heavy and it's just like it sucks <laughs> i was like oh this is actually hard work i don't You're like, like this. I'm, I'm a blueberry farm person Ooh, yeah. i can't this is too much this is too much yeah <laughs> so then like yeah then you the their blueberries have sorting machines so you pour them in at the top and then they uh it's like they go through like a wind tunnel basically so that blows away all the leaves and then you, they go over this um the thing that i would fix a lot because it would get really gunky is like they go over it looks like a a, a stringed instrument but it's like hundreds of these little strings so little ones or green ones would fall through wow and then they go on the conveyor belt and then you pick out anything that isn't a blueberry also lots of like bear turds you know deer (gasps) turds 
Um, whoever got the most animal turds at the end of the day was turd of the day. <laughs> that was an award that I made up. Um, <laughs> I love that. You were the comedian who worked on yeah, the farms. I was like, I was like yeah, turds, am I right? <laughs> That's so funny. And then one of those men was like, ah, here's my human turd on the, on the, on the compost. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is so fascinating. Yeah. I didn't know this history about you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the crazy thing is, is the weirdest summer on the farm was when I had been on the show. So blueberry season is like late July into August. Okay. And we shot from like uh, late May until uh, mid-July. And I came home from L.A., I had no money, and from I was like, "America's Next." From America's Next, I'm oh, I had shot let the it. People know. Uh, I didn't oh, let the yes, people I'm know. I'm so sorry. That's right. From she's I was a on a, former. Yeah. She's a former contestant. Let me give you another intro. She Thank is a you. former contestant of America's Next Top Model, one of the best reality shows of all time. <laughs> Especially if you're a millennial, you fucking watch the shit out of that show. <laughs> yep. Okay, so um, you go from Blueberry Farm to L.A. to being a supermodel. Yeah. And, um, and then I came back from shooting the show and everyone was like, where have you been? And why is your hair gone? Like what happened? And I had to, I wasn't allowed to say, so I was just like traveling <laughs> Did and they were like, your hair? and yeah, yeah. I went, I had long brown hair when I went, I had short brown hair. I mean, short blonde hair when I came back and they were like, <laughs> what happened to you? And I was like, nothing. I just felt like a change. <laughs> It's just Quarter a thing that I, that I did on my own, 100% for reasons that I can't explain legally. You're like, bad breakup, you know, when you get bangs. Yeah, I did that. And also, yeah, so I was working on the blueberry farm, like not allowed to say anything. Because um, I also had spent all my money in L.A. <laughs> um how so did you I, even yeah. like get involved in that? Had you modeled before? No, like, no, no. Because you were I'm, so young when you did it. Yeah, I was like nineteen, and um, yeah, never. Uh, I never even. <laughs> oh, I always say this, and then I realize it's not true. I had had my picture professionally taken. My grandparents had a family friend who was a photographer take some pictures of me because they were like, "We have no pictures of you. Can we please? Okay. Will you please just like smile like a normal person?" Um, so this was just for their like mantle. <laughs> Literally, like, for their mantle. Um, but other than that, like, never had my picture professionally taken. And then, um, and the pictures are hilarious because I look so uncomfortable. Um, I actually found them the other day, and I was like, oh, okay, wow, I've been lying. <laughs> These are some modeling shots. Wow. Uh, I'm, like, in the woods. Um, so, yeah, I, I never modeled. I just ended up on the show because a friend of mine was trying out and, like, wanted me to come with her. Uh, I also like oh, so I you knew, went in person to yeah, like audition and, and like a friend of mine was like do you want to come with me and I honestly didn't know if she meant like go be moral support because mm -hmm. I didn't know that plus size modeling was a thing but I did know that I didn't look like a model I was like I know that models are like size two I'm not that I've never been that I've been this size since I was 11 like I don't know if I'm like, I don't, I don't know why I'm going. But then another friend of mine who I'm still friends with and who's amazing was like, you have to try out Sarah. You're like very pretty. And I was like, right, but I'm not like a model. And, she, and he was like, no, you, but you just like have to like, just do it. You could be on that. I was like, I like, I think I'm just going as moral support. Like I didn't know the girl very well. And so yeah. I was literally just like, I don't know, like if, if she wants me to like go with her, or like just go with her. Did um, she get on the show? She did not. Are you still friends? We are not. 
Oh, is oh, that no. what broke up the friendship? We were not that close. So like, yes, uh, <laughs> it was also, I think what really broke up the friendship is that, so we, you go, you go try out and then you get a callback. You don't know. It's a long time before right. you know if you're going to be on the show. So I just got a callback for the next day and she didn't. And it was just the most uncomfortable train ride home. <laughs> oh no. Where we was had, it in Boston? Or it was something? in Boston. Yeah. And it was at the, um, the Prudential Center? Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. This is useful because I'm always like, oh, fuck. I rem-. Yeah, and the so Prudential- then, yeah, it's like a mall. It's like the big indoor mall and like a huge building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a huge building and they had like, um, you know, 10,000 girls that tried out that day, like waiting in line since five in the morning. And oh then, my God. Yeah. So then we like took the green line back and she waited for me like while I went like after she got eliminated and she waited for like hours while you like you know they go through like layers and layers and layers until they're like okay come back tomorrow um and so I like came out and we got on the green line going back to school and I just like I did not know what to say and so I just like kept trying to make jokes and she was just like it's fine Sarah like it's fine and I was like yeah but like well (laughs) am I right I I am am I gonna like I'm gonna be a model what and she was like could you please just like shut up could you not and I was like because this was like her dream she's like I'm gonna be America's next top mod I I get it I auditioned for American Idol and it's like you go in with this thing like you're gonna I'm yeah. going to win this. I'm better than everyone here. And if the people who don't care, who are like, why am I here? What am I doing? They're like, yeah. you, we want you. <laughs> but imagine if it was even someone who wasn't like, I don't care, but was like, what's singing? <laughs> yeah. I've never thought like what you open your mouth. That's yeah. weird. You know? What and is, then they, can I ask though, what was the audition? I don't even know what you to go with the monologue. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, at first, no. The audition process is honestly insane. So you wait in line for hours. I think we got mm-hmm. there at like 5 or 6 a.m. Um, and I spent hours, like, I would go get people a coffee. I would get magazines because I still, like, wasn't sure if I was even auditioning. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? So I was just like, does anyone want anything? Like, <laughs> um, because I'm getting lunch. <laughs> I'm getting lunch. And then... These uh, poor girls are like, we haven't eaten in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're also all like like 18 we have the um, like metabolism of a gazelle you know what yeah. I mean like yeah. just give us some black coffee and we can run on it for six years like yeah. uh and also eat a shit ton because we're eight, yeah 18 um and so yeah like you wait for hours and hours thousands of you like people would drive by and be like like we watched rush hour happen and people would be right. like what the shit and we were like uh and then they take you in um about a hundred at a time, maybe more, maybe 150, 200. They take you in like in these huge swaths yeah. and then they hand you all, they hand out forms. Um, and you have to write like your whole life story and they just have like, write. There literally was a section that was like, write anything interesting about yourself. And I was just like, and so I wrote like, I work as a go-go and burlesque dancer, which I did at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I used to work on a blueberry farm. Um, my dog was in the same talent show as Kurt Vonnegut. I was just like spewing like any anecdote that I could possibly think of that was like interesting. Those are the three most random connected, like disconnected things. Well, because it, it literally said like, what is interesting about you? And I was like, yeah. I sincerely have no idea. I imagine whoever picked up yours though was like, I got to see if this is real. <laughs> what is this bitch? And they were like, tell us about the blueberry farm. And I was like, what? 
That's the thing? That's Yeah, out of all of those. You don't want to watch me dance or see a picture of my dog? I'm very bad at dancing. Is that not? Okay. Um, and yeah, so they were like very interested in the blueberry farm, but that was later. So what happens is that you fill out your whole form and then they give you a number that you strap to your arm. Um, <laughs> that, and, looks, that looks normal. Yeah, which is not at all evocative. Fine. Mm-hmm fine it's fine is uh, it yellow no. yeah right it's just and um you know and then there's a little note there about what religion you are it's very chill um so you go in and you stand like it's like a literal cattle call like back of your nose to the they kept being like they cram you in they keep being right. like get closer get closer like if your boobs aren't touching her back you're doing something wrong so you like and i was like well i have a lot more boobs than literally anyone in here like that's rude like you can like what are we talking here um, what's that movie where they're attached butt to face? You know, uh, what's the name of the movie? Ellen, the centipede? You know the, yes, the centipede. Uh, oh, human, yeah, the centipede. human centipede. Yes. Yeah. I've never seen it. Never but, will. To, I think I've seen I'm, Human Centipede 5. I'm picturing that with like very pretty women. <laughs> yes, basically. Like they were like, your nose should be touching the back of their head. So they cram you in like all against the wall with your armband on. I also had like lost my armband at one point. So I like had like made a makeshift one. And I even remember, I think I was 135. Like I remember that number. Um, and so Sounds we're standing sus. there and then they, they make everyone, they're like, okay, everyone step forward out of your shoes. Huh? Okay. And there was a line of tape around the room at five, eight. Oh, yeah, but I wasn't. Yeah. And the huh. other thing was, I think I was wearing like boots or something. I was not wearing heels. So like I had to like fuck up the, and like take off my boots. <laughs> like everyone just stepped out of their like stunning high heels. And I was like, wait, I'm just gotta, you're undoing all your I'm laces. Like, so sorry. Did not think this through costume wise. Like everyone just like stepped cleanly forward. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so then we st- we stand there and they make everyone who was under 58 leave which must be so humiliating like you wait for hours in line they could have just said nothing you know they could have just wouldn't not it- picked them but they made them like leave wouldn't the first question be what is your height they do they ask you that but i'm sure people lie yeah. oh my god so this is their way of really weeding out the people who and they wear super high heels and they try and like squeak through and there were yeah. girls there who were not 58 and they say like they have signs everywhere that are like height requirements, age requirements, like right. X, Y, and Z. Um, Jeez. But, you know, also like I, I thought I, I, people don't know exactly what height they are. Maybe you're like five, seven and a half or whatever, you know, like. Yeah. There's just so many reasons that I could easily like see myself being like five, seven and like just being like, maybe it'll work out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Same so, with me. I would definitely be the one in heels being like, I'm sorry, they're taped to my shoes. They're yeah, taped sorry. to my feet. My <laughs> feet <la't>. are shaped <laughs> this way. Um, I'm 5'4", yes. but on a good day, 5'8". Come on. Uh, it's also whatever. I don't even, I, I have questions about why models even have to be tall, but whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So they would make everyone leave. So then, you know, then they would go around and they just pointed at people's numbers and they'd be like 135, 72, you know, whatever. And my friend was one of those that picked. So we both made it that far. And then, and then they li- this was the weirdest part. You stand there. You still have your armband on. Um, you're barefoot. Uh, your <laughs> shoes are, like, on the wall, you know. Um, everyone else had to take their shoes and leave. And there were, like, maybe 
15 of this us. This is literally of- how the Holocaust started. And it's really the way if someone would just tuned in right now and they're like, and all of our shoes were in a pile and we're wearing our armpits. And I'm yeah. like, we're just wearing ominous. our armpits. And then they walked around us and just <sighs> stared at us. Like they didn't touch us. They didn't like, you know, they didn't like right. check our balls. Like we were like, you right, know, no show dog animals or anything, <laughs> but they were just like staring at us from every Oof. angle. And sometimes they would have you turn. They would be like, can you just like turn around? Okay. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. sure I was super chill about that. I don't <laughs> specifically remember, but just, I'm sure that I just was like, okay, what? Okay. <laughs> so then they do that. And then they narrowed it down to out of the, you know, between hundred and 200 girls, there were two of us and they were like, you come back tomorrow. But then they do that all day with 10,000 girls. Right. So the callback, you know, there were, I don't know how many girls there were a bunch, right. but like, you know, I think 40 in my group. But yeah, and then you go back for a callback and that's when like they've looked at your forms and they're like, okay, tell us about the farm and tell us why you should be on the show. Um, And yeah, so then, and you do like, you have to bring a bathing suit. You do like a runway walk in your bathing suit and your heels. And and you say like, they were like, can you tell Tyra why you want to be on the show? And I I (laughs) said something. I was like, please pick me because... I said something stupid and they were like, can you just say like, please pick me or I'll have to go back to working on a blueberry farm. And, and I was like, they coached you. you. <laughs> I was like, sure, uh, please pick me. I don't want to go back to the blueberry farm, which is hilarious because I immediately had to go back to the blueberry farm after shooting right. the goddamn show. Like, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for <laughs> planting that weird hope in my head. And yeah. then, like, you oh know, not, like taking me to LA for the summer, not paying me. And like, obviously I'm going to have to go back to the damn farm. So yeah. And then, um, so that you, you do the callback and then you hear back, I think like a week or so later. And that's mm-hmm. when they like send you a contract and they're like, okay, you are in the running to be on the first episode. And then if you've seen the show, um, there's like usually between 30 and 45 girls on the first episode, but they actually fly about 70 girls to the location. Oh, wow. Because then they do, before they shoot that episode, they do insane amounts of tests, like uh, psychological testing, drug testing. They do a full physical. um, Yeah, you meet with a psychiatrist for like two sessions of an hour. Um, Wow. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they like take your blood. They take your pee. They take your hair. Um, Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, all in a Puerto Rican hotel. So (laughs) I've had my blood drawn in a Puerto Rican Ramada. That's really something. That's special. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm glad they tested everyone though. Like I, 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 you know, sometimes you hear and you watch like documentaries and shit, and they're like, yeah, they just like put us in a room, and they're like, here's a camera, let's just like see how fucked up they can be. Like at least they were like, all right, let's make sure they're like good to go. Yeah, and they want, and also like, yeah, they were they were very intense about making sure that you'd never been suicidal. Um, mm. Like they wanted you crazy, but like the right crazy. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cause some of the girls that make it on there are not like totally normal. Well, also we were trying to figure out why they were drug testing. Cause like some of us were like, okay, they did the hair test. Like I've smoked weed in the last, isn't it like three weeks or something with the hair? Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. so one girl was like, I probably still have ecstasy in my system right now. And one girl was like, I did cocaine yesterday. And we were just like, okay. <laughs> and like, they all ended up on the first episode. So we were just like, what are they looking for that like disqualifies you? Or do they just want to know? Like, they they're know like, you're we're into. actually looking for girls who do like a little bit of drugs. Cause we know you'll like bring a little bit of drama, yeah, yeah. but just like the fun ones, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like no but heroin, also, I'm, no meth. I, yeah, no, maybe heroin. Yeah. Or meth. Yeah. Like, Weed them um, out. Yeah. yeah, that seems smart. You know, that's pretty, you don't want you don't want America's next top model to be like, hang on, methadone time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got on the show. Yeah. How um, far did you make it? I, I like. Was, rem- I've like gone back since I've met you. I've like looked, but I yeah. don't remember. I was the seventh to get eliminated out of what? There's like thir- thirteen, I think. That's great. Is that right? That's a lot. Yeah, I was. I was did right. it change your life at the time? Like this was like oh, before. Yeah social media but i imagine it was not it was not we we i did have social media you had to, at the time they made us delete all of our social media accounts mm. yeah now i think they they do it differently but they took right. our phones and they made us delete our social media so yeah, i saw to, you talk about the phone thing on tiktok how yeah. you're like we had because you're when you're shooting anything you're just hanging around all day so, long it, that's the hardest thing to convey is how much sitting around there is yeah. And you're not allowed to talk. And if we were good, they gave us a they gave us our books. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. If we were like bad, we did not get our iPods or our books. Oh my god. Yeah. And, and, we, and you had no phone. Like, did no, you have time yeah. to like call your parents and like check in? No, and stuff? You, no. You were only allowed to do phone calls. They would give us like 45 minutes. There was a phone in the house, a landline in the house. That was the only phone we were allowed to use. And they would be like, okay, you all have 45 minutes total. So split it up. So we would immediately all have to like do the math and we'd be like, oh okay, that God. gives us seven minutes. Oh my God. Right. Or whatever. However many of us there were, you know, depending on how far in it was. And so yeah. we would, yeah, we'd have to divide it in. We would get seven minutes. We would set, um, like we also, because we didn't have phones, like we would have to like get an actual clock from somewhere in the house and someone would sit outside and hold it. Yeah. And like, cause they, like they could have done this themselves, but I think they just wanted to like make us come up with systems. It's another challenge. It's another challenge, which never made it on the air. They make it seem like you can just go in that room and call people anytime, but Uh they supervised it. You were, and so, and also like you had to go through them to like you, like you would pick up the phone and you'd be like, okay, I want to call my mom. And they would be like, okay. And they would like dial it for you and stuff. Wow. And, um, and also, anyone you called had to sign away their life rights. So, like, I couldn't talk to my grandparents, which was kind of a bummer. Like, I'm pretty close with them. And I talked to them, like, you know, regularly. That was, like, yeah. one of the longest times I've ever gone without talking to them. Especially because they got you here. They got you those modeling they shots. They got me those models. They were the ones who were like, you know what? Um, they started your career. She's got a good face. We got to get that face yeah. on our mantle. They were yeah. the only ones who weren't surprised. They were like, yeah, you're pretty. Everyone else was like, Okay. Oh um, my God. No, only because I was kind of known for taking terrible photos. Like I looked terrible in, it was like a thing in my high school. It was like a joke that like, not I looked anymore. Very bad. Not anymore. <laughs> figured it, figured it out. Took a, took a minute. Yeah. Um, the key is don't smile for real. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So then so how you, did your life change? Like, well, I, I mean, I I'd never know. modeled before. So I, I transferred schools um and you know I went to agencies and was like trying to model and they all were like cool um you're very pretty we would love to work with you come back when your hair is not short (gasps) 
And the show cut your hair off. Show cut my hair off. Because I forgot. They give everyone like a makeover day one. Like a makeover. Yeah. And they were like, now you're going to be so high fashion. And then I went to agencies and they were like, yeah, there's no such thing as plus size high fashion. I've always wondered about the hair thing because all models have super long hair because it's like you need that for. You want a blank. Yeah, Slate. your canvas. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be now like- it's less true. Now you're kind of allowed to have more personality because now a lot of models are hired for their social media presence right. or for mm-hmm. their like their distinction. I was also going to say the wig game has gotten very good. So yeah. mm-hmm. actors, well, models, like no one wears their real hair, I feel like for a lot of things. And the, the agent who finally hi- who like ended up working with me was a black woman and she was like yeah we can just do wigs like I had like extensions and she was like those mm-hmm. look awful take those off like we'll just mm-hmm. we can make this work um, and she was great uh, and at the time like yeah it was a lot like hair extensions and stuff were more like it was a very big deal that they gave girls extensions on top model like even to mm-hmm. white girls you know and they were it was very early days they're so much better now oh my god Jen- yeah. Jenna got uh, extensions and they were awful they like wrecked her hair and like uh, oh, she had to shit. pay like a bunch of money to get them taken out it was awful um uh, yeah the oh makeovers were rough also like everyone talks about how Celicia won my cycle and they gave her a like a a wig that they sewed onto her head um which is normal like you know they did the braids and then they sewed it onto her head um but it was not done very well so it grew out into a cone <gasps> Like, oh, a couple yeah. weeks in, she actually... I don't think this made it onto the show, but she had to get it fixed because she literally looked like a cone head. Like, it grew oh, up. No. It looked awful. Whoa. Um, the makeover part of the show is always one of my favorite moments. Yeah. 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 It's so I fun think to they see thought I was reactions. Gonna, I think they thought I was going to cry. I think they wanted me to cry because I had, like, very long hair, like, mm-hmm. homeschool long. Right. And I think they thought I had that for a reason other than that I just couldn't afford like to go to a hairdresser like I was it's broke. so funny because I'm like they fucked with the wrong girl since I've known you you've had every color hair like short long yeah. you know you the always o- are changing it up yeah the only time that I had like the same hair consistently is when I was modeling and had to and they were like long brown hair that's your jam and I was like okay that's fine you know mm-hmm. um so, so yeah how long did you model for until you were like I'm actually a very funny person I'm I'm gonna do comedy and <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh seven years after the show wow yeah seven years That's a long time yeah but it took a while you know to get into it so that time includes when i was like trying to get signed and they were mm-hmm. all like grow your hair out and uh <laughs> and i was like cool so i was like doing other jobs you know like i worked it took a long time before i was full-time because also like especially with with plus size i always say there's like two kinds of models um there's models that get discovered and there's models that try and do it themselves. And it's like very different paths. Like if you get discovered, A, you're 15. Um, mm-hmm. Like at the oldest, maybe 16. Like Tyra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and you have an agent and you don't have to have social media. You don't have to do anything because the, the agent's going to just build you from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that happens. It might happen now with plus size girls, but it didn't at the time. It only happens with, you know. So, or you're trying to do it yourself and then it takes a long time. Like you have mm-hmm. to, you know, do stuff. <laughs> you have to build yourself right. from the ground up. It's pretty, um, it sounds so, yeah. similar to our industry where it's like either you have well-connected family members or you're fucking going paving the pavement, you know, you're exactly. hitting the pavement until someone uh, yeah. gives you a job. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I sold shoes at Lord and Taylor uh, oh, and wow. um, was awful at it. I'm a terrible salesperson. 
because um, people would be like, where'd you get your shoes? And I'd be like, Marshall's, fuck, I mean, here. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, there's Sarah like, again. She's on the floor telling people the wrong store. <laughs> just off. like, yeah. Or they'd be like, yeah. They'd be like, do they have this at Marshall's? And I'd be like, yeah, probably. I know. We have special stock shit. I was awful. I was so bad. Um, yeah, I worked at a chiropractor's office. I did a bunch of stuff. And then, um, yeah, then, then I worked as a model full time. Um, were for, you in New York when you were modeling? Uh, not at first. I was in Connecticut. Um, mm-hmm. My boyfriend, now husband, uh, worked in Connecticut. So I would commute. Mm-hmm. And then we moved... I don't know, a couple years in. So I was in, mm-hmm. in the city for a while. Um, and that was, yeah, that was great. Um, it made it a lot easier. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and then I'm curious, what was like the first job when you were like, not, I'm not modeling anymore, like full time? Oh, well, I decided that I was going to quit modeling about a, like over a year before I did. I think I was like, yeah, it was like a couple years beforehand, I started to think about it. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna like work really hard. And also I like talked to my boyfriend or fiance, like soon to be husband. And I was like, okay, if I'm like not pulling in money, like, can will we be okay? Like, can you maybe, you know, um, like, help and he was like, we we worked it out. And I also like, you know, booked, tried to book a bunch of commercials, like I just sort of shifted to like higher paying, like, you know, catalogs pay pretty well but they're sparse and few and far between so i tried to get some higher paying jobs and just like so i would have some savings and stuff right that's Um, smart you had a plan you weren't just like one day you woke up and you're like i wasn't like that's it but (laughs) i'm good (laughs) i do remember the job where i should have quit and the job that my last job after that because (laughs) my second to last job was uh italian men's vogue with boz lerman and it was yeah, it was amazing. And it was the most intense, beautiful set I'd ever been on with like the best people like, you know, the stylist and the makeup artist and everyone was like at the top of their game. And it was amazing. And I was like, man, and I thought maybe that would be the last gig that I booked. And I was like, it paid nothing. But I was like, what a way to go out, you know? I can't and believe it paid nothing. Cover. And you're with like the top, top photographers and director and like this and that. Yeah. Catalogs <laughs> pay $1,000 a day and you usually shoot like two to three days. And this paid two hundred dollars. Uh, <gasps> yeah, maybe even. But that's before taxes. Um, and this is post Moulin Rouge. Like, come yeah. on. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and I remember asking one of the models because she was like, "Oh, I hope I end up on the cover. Like, I've been in Vogue, like American Vogue, but I've never been on like a Vogue cover." And I was like, "Does American Vogue pay more?" And she's like, "Absolutely not." And I was like, "Cool." What? Yeah, because it was Italian men's Vogue. And I was like, well, that's a lot of steps away from, like, Vogue. Vogue. So maybe they pay more. And she was like, no. Um, (laughs) And then I ended up on the cover, which was great. And, like, I was like, this is so cool. Like, what a way to go out. And then my agent was like, do you want to shoot costumes? And I was like, no. And she was like, it pays $1,000 a day. And I was like, yes. And she was like, cool. (laughs) It's in New Jersey. And I was like, oh, great. And she's like... It's for rubies plus size costumes. And I was like, extra great. So I've I went. I've seen these and, photos. They're so good. 
<laughs> they're so bad. They're good. You've posted they're... them. I love how you went from Italian Vogue with Baz yep, Luhrmann. With Baz Luhrmann. To Jersey's finest, you know, Betty Boop costume. To fighting with a photographer in a jersey. In the costume warehouse. Like, in the warehouse. They, like, set up, like, a state. I was like... And, like, fighting with the photographer because I wouldn't do more Asian poses in a geisha costume, a plus size <gasps> geisha costume. It was what? so what? grand. Yeah. I did like a Grinch. slutty cop, a slutty Virgin Mary. Um, <laughs> it was, I, and like, I, I, I think I will remember that. the I'm, smell of that warehouse forever. <laughs> and you're like, I'm white. I'm not, I'm not. Please. And he was like, can you just, can you just, and if you can't <gasps> see, if you're not watching the video, I'm putting my hands together in a little Japanese oh prayer God. position. He re- and I wouldn't do it. Like, I was like, I was like, Good I feel like you. it's bad enough that I'm wearing this. Like, I'm not. And he was like, can you like bow? And I was like, no. Nah. Good. Like, I'm yeah. glad. I was like, you get you know, hands on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll say a lo- yes to a lot of stuff, but I'm glad you were like, nope, this is where I draw the line. I know yeah. this is not right. <laughs> well, and I just was like, I was like, I feel like if this photo surfaces, which it, I, and by surfaces, I mean, when I post it on my Instagram page, <laughs> I want to feel okay about it. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so that was my last, and I was like, oh, I could have, I could have said no. Like I could have not done this. Because I told my agent, it was like right towards the end, I had almost dyed my hair blue. I told my agent, I was like, I'm going to dye my hair blue on my birthday. And it was like, you know, right before then. Um, mm-hmm. And she was like, I know you're like on the way out, but if you want to take this job. <laughs> <laughs> you're like sitting there in your house with the blue dye. You're like, fine, <sighs> fine, one more day. <laughs> one more. It's not, what can it hurt? What's I think the worst I met you when you had blue hair. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah, that makes sense. I think sense. I met you at a show with like Jenny Jaffe, maybe or something. And oh, we all went. Right. We like went to a diner or something after. She's so Ooh. sweet. And she always had such fun like shows and stuff. And yeah, that's right. Her musical show. I think she had a show where comedians yeah. sang musical yeah. numbers. It was beautiful. It was great. Yeah, oh, man, that was a so fun much show. fun. At, and um, you guys were working together at the time. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because I ended up, yeah, doing production for her nonprofit, um, mm-hmm. which was very fun. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And the last, uh, yeah, and again, not a, a job I, I got with a resume. <laughs> I, you, this is, it's fascinating to me that you have moonlighted as this resume guru and yet yeah. you've never, you've never like printed one out, walked in and been like, here's my I resume. Have, the last time I have, one, I realized I have once, the last time I did that, I was in college and I needed a work study job and I went to the disabilities office where I ended up helping like students with learning disabilities write resumes. Um, that was that's the last nice. time. Yeah. Yeah. It wow. was that's where and that's where I like got started doing this. Yeah. So it's like this beautiful full circle is I used a resume to get a job, started teaching people how to make resumes and never did never it. Never needed it again. Yeah. Well, so then, in that I know, case. You're, yeah. In that case, it works. It yeah. wor- your, your method clearly works. Nailed it. Uh, yeah. They still, uh, they, it like, I don't, are there even, do people even print out resumes anymore? I feel like that's going to be, I think that might be a no, thing. No, because I don't think we'll ever interview in person again if we right? can just do this. Yeah. If you can do it over Zoom, like, why not? Um, right. Yeah. That's interesting. Man, the interview is going to be, because I have gone on, in, I have like interviewed, um, Wow, yeah, that's crazy. Weird. That's going to be a pre... We're going to have to explain that to like future generations. We're going to be like, no, right. no, you printed it out on paper and you like brought it into the office. 
with you. Um, <laughs> yep. And you like put it in a folder so it didn't get fucked up on your way there. Like, you know. Yeah. You keep, have to be like so like so keep careful. It clean. Yeah. I still have the thing that I put like um, like that I put resumes in. And then also I was I was doing modeling right when we stopped doing actual comp cards. Comp cards are, are like like these cardboard cards yeah. that have your name and your measurements and your pictures on them. Mm-hmm. And I was at, I was in the stage of modeling where we would always bring them and they'd be like, no, we have them. Like we have it online. <laughs> right. But like, you still had to bring them just in case. Like, yeah. Cause like, I it's don't like know. It's like when actors walk in with like a hard copy of a headshot and they're like, what? But I was like, you, you would have them just in case, right? Like, sure, and, yeah. yeah, but that's not, I mean, no one's gonna, that's not going to be a thing anymore. Right. No, I remember yeah. like a year or two ago, I had an audition and they were like, and bring a headshot. And I was like, what? Where the <laughs> fuck? I was like, where do I even where do print I get- one? I, and then, yeah. you know, you can, you can only print like 200 and spend all this money. I'm like, that's a, what a waste. So yeah. I like oh, went man, I remember- and I was like, I don't have one. And they were like, that was required. And I was like, okay, well I have a website. There's <laughs> like, you're <laughs> holding, you're holding a phone where you can look at it. Like, yeah. It's in your hand right now. Like, no. Oh, yeah. that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I can't even. I, we are we are aging out of so much that we I grew know. up with. I used it's to get weird. stuff printed at a place in Atlanta because it was so much cheaper. And then <laughs> I would what, get them mailed. It? Yeah. It took way longer, but it was so much cheaper because that is so expensive. And that's so, I always yeah. used to be like. And yeah, you have to get 200 at a minimum. And I would always like end up needing new headshots or like something would change. And yep. so... I know. I remember I'd go get my hair cut and I'd be like, don't cut more than like an inch because like I just had headshots printed and I cannot afford cannot to Cannot look different. Yeah. I can't print them again for like two years. I got to keep yeah. this. <laughs> I used to piss my agency off because I would, they wanted you to like pay them for comp cards and I would be like, nope, just send me the file. I'm sending it to this place in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like, and they couldn't really say no, but like that was how they... That was a way they got money was like they would print them for you and they would charge models a ton. And I was I love like, it. not falling for it. It might also have, be why I didn't sign with bigger agencies because they were like, this bitch looks like trouble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this bitch looks exhausting. <laughs> You're like, leave me alone or I'll go back to the blueberry farm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can always go, go back. My arms are still real long. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have one question for you because we have to wrap it up. But do you, are you a fan of the reality shows now? Like, do you watch them now or is it hard because you like know what goes on behind all these shows? Every time I watch them, I'm like, this is addictive and I want to watch more, but I don't like seek them out. And it is weird when I watch it because I'm like, I, I know, I know what question the producer asked to get them to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start again. Also, I really want to watch that, that like uh, HBO show about reality shows. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Uh, wait, is it uh, HBO? Uh, Unreal? Un- I don't know Unreal, what it, is that it? I think so. I you know what I remember. just started watching and I'm really into it? RuPaul's Drag, Wait, Drag Race. I've never... I do watch that. I'm sorry. I do watch RuPaul's Drag Race and I love it. Um, yeah, I love it. it. I had never like, watched yeah. it before and I always wanted to and I would like catch an episode here and there. So like, but I never, I didn't like tape it. So if I don't DVR it, I, it won't be like on my, you know, queue. Yeah. And so yeah. I was like, well... <laughs> Now's the year to to watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I have also been watching this year. And it's fun because it's so, like, campy. And it almost feels like it is a reality show, but they're also making fun of reality shows. So it's, like, yeah. fun. Like, I can, 
I don't know. That helps for some reason. And I was saying to to my boyfriend, because, you know, I make him suffer through The Bachelor every season. Mm -hmm. But do you watch The Bachelor? I do not. Oh, okay. Well, it stresses me out because they're drunk. And I if I (laughs) had been drunk, like we were all underage, so we couldn't drink. Right. And if I think about going through that drunk, I get so stressed out. It would the just shit be that so could come out of your mouth. Yeah, the shit that could come out of your mouth—it's all already so weird and surreal. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's not for everyone. Maybe like if you like grow up and you want to be on The Bachelor and that's like a goal, you know, like maybe it doesn't it, feel as weird. Oh, it's addicting, and I love it. Oh, but yeah. I said to Jared the other day we were watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, and I was like, "But don't you love this? Because it's like this is art. They are performers. They are literally showing you how they, you know, do." what they do professionally and it's yeah. not just like a bunch of people being like I want to sleep with him you know it's it's yeah. uh, and he was like yeah, and I yeah. love Chad <laughs> <laughs> the jobs get yeah. even weirder on the bachelor Ellen we should uh, honestly like we should like research all all the jobs of the bachelor contestant cuz so they're yes. like they're like music producer and you're like of who and they're like one of what <laughs> what boy <Who's> band <laughs> yeah i love that would it be, it would be really cool to do a flow chart of all the different jobs because there's got to be a ton of overlap like there's got to be a ton of people in pr i'm guessing yeah there's a lot of random some of them are like you know spray tan consultant or like (laughs) like Uh. random like I'm going to look Did this you? up. This yeah. just inspired yeah. an idea. Um, this was so much yeah. fun. I feel like we could talk for three more hours. I miss you I miss and you. it's good to see you. Yeah. I want to find out. <laughs> and we- I can't wait till we can go do a show together yeah. again and, you know, wipe a mic or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now they have my condoms. Yeah, we'll do it. It'll be great. Gonna, gonna wait what did you say you wanted to know something well i was gonna say i i i want to a i want to hear what you've been up to but also i feel like a creep because i like know what you've been up to through social media and the <laughs> podcast so it's like yeah well yeah keep creeping I'm a, I'm that's keep what i gotta creeping. say that's what, yeah where can people creep on um, you? Where can they find you? Please creep on me. Uh, that sounded awful. Do not creep on her. She's a lovely please person. Don't creep. Or do, yeah, do, do follow me. That's yes. That's a yeah. Yes, uh, that's the way. I post all all the stuff, um, all the shows, and everything that I'm doing, especially on Instagram and TikTok. It's uh, just my name, Sarah B. Hartsorn. Um, and yeah, please follow me. It's love it's it. How I get myself worth. Me too. Mm. Me too. So you can follow me at Anna Roisman or at Unemployed Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. We don't have a TikTok for the podcast, but you know, tomorrow is a new day. Who the fuck knows? Um, And uh, you can go listen to all the episodes. If you want to watch this episode, definitely check out our Patreon. I mean, how much bullshit do you spend? You know, five, ten dollars on a month. It's it's it helps so much, especially to creators. So we love you for it. And uh, that's it. Goodbye. What's up, everyone? It's Anna, and I am here with a little post-game episode. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. We have an amazing Patreon. We're posting videos of all of our episodes every week, and everyone who donates to the Patreon is allowed to see those, and we would love for you to join in. But right now, I gotta give a shout-out to our patrons who are donating money to us, who we appreciate and we love. Shout-out to Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, Chris Arneson, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, Vic T. 
Perry and Jonathan Ediger. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and me and Ellen and everyone else who out there who's unemployed. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join, you can just go to patreon.com slash unemployed podcast and like you can just donate five dollars a month or something really small, you know, anything, anything helps. And we love it. And we are here for you. And we will keep putting these out until until we're all so successful that we have absolutely no time to make a podcast. Just kidding. But check out the Patreon. Thanks. Love you. Bye.